the ACC Basketball Degenerates are back for another podcast. Taping on Sunday the 13th. You know, guys, I've marbled at the amount of talking points available this December with college basketball, but that's exciting. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast. You know, there's been a decent amount of upsets. That's one of the reasons why I'm excited to talk once again about the slate. No one truly knows who the top five teams are in the country, which I think is exciting. We should probably get to that as well. We are proud to announce, though, that we are brought to you by Three Notched Brewery today, a craft brew industry in Charlottesville, Virginia. Leave your mark, and we're off and running. With Taylor Pilkington to my left, he's an editor for Virginia Living Magazine. Guthrie Alexander sits next to him, and he is our resident homer. We have... Mike Jaffe, next to him, he's our biggest insider. You know him well, though. Ooh, let's do it. Let's do it, folks. And I'm Luke Neer, hosting broadcast journalists at 1070 WINA and ESPN 1450, but who cares? Um, no one knows what that even means. I found that out at some recent Christmas parties this no, month. No, you are. Just go by degenerate number one. That'll work. I mean, that's yeah. actually how I introduce myself. It's It's been going really well. Can you send me a text about that before next podcast? <laughs> I will. Okay. I will do that. I will do that. A lot on the agenda today. I want to reflect because last week... Um, we had some games that, that definitely need to be talked about, especially with some ACC top-tier teams, uh, North Carolina and Virginia for the most part. But this week, it's a fantastic slate. Probably the second-best week we're going to get before the new year. I I still think ACC Big Ten Challenge Week is the tops, but I think that every year. So, um, yeah, we're off and running. Taylor, how are you? I'm great. Glad to be here. Guthrie? Should we just talk about how we are first, or should we just jump into some reflecting? I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good, you know? Yeah. Sunday, Sunday evening, feeling, tell, feeling nice. Tell me what a Guthrie, what, what's a Guthrie feeling right now? You know, you're here in the studio, you're talking about ACC basketball, probably your favorite thing on this planet. I mean, how, how do you feel walking into the studio each day? Oh, I, I'm, uh, you know, it's, it's like I'm, you know, uh, a new man. Every time we walk in. Well, the name of this podcast is the ACC Basketball Degenerates, and folks have asked me, why did you name it that? Well, first of all, we like to talk about gambling, A, which is obvious. Yes. Second of all, um, all four of us watch some pretty obscure, obscure games, and maybe we should list those next episode, like how many obscure games we watch, but we'll get there. First on the agenda, not an obscure game from last week, Tuesday, it was Virginia going head-to-head with West Virginia at Madison Square Garden as a part of the Jimmy V Classic. It was the first part. I don't know why it was the opening act. Maryland and UConn was a wonk game after that, which was, I, I don't know, less than exciting is what I would put it. It was. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't I stay up for it. I didn't. St- I, uh, well, I, yeah, I, I watched 10 minutes. And I was like, I'm, I'm done. I, I know what's going to happen. Time, I'm but, done. I'm well, not, I'm, so apparently know. UConn came back and oh. like made it pretty competitive. I, I looked at that line before the game and talked with several and it was people a, it about was it. It was a minus two Maryland It was line. Maryland minus two, up. and I thought yeah. that is too good to be true. Yeah, we got to bang Maryland hard. What? <laughs> yeah. and, and I feel like if that is not a sound quote we are going to use at some point later on. <laughs> right, right, right. No, that's what you jobs. say. When you say you're excited about anything, you say we're going to bang that team, that's which right. is always a little awkward said, for me we are, we're gonna, on the other end. We yeah. are going to bang that line so hard. We're going to bang it back into 1999. Right. Well, and uh, Why didn't you text something to us? Uh, are you that greedy? Yes. Just trying yes. to hoard money for yourself? Capitalism. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I know that our Vegas insider over here is a big proponent of if a line looks too good to be true, it usually is. 
the public. Well, is he's also love the man who Maryland went. He, too. L- listen, he's also the man who went with Stony Brook plus ten against Notre Dame. We just went through that. <laughs> yeah, we will get to that. Yeah, we okay. will get to that. Right. We will get to that. <laughs> sea Wolves. The Sea Wolves. I mean, great place, but yeah. And, and you and you say why? Why was Virginia West Virginia the first game as opposed to the UConn Maryland game being the second game? They're pandering to that UConn crowd up there at Madison Square sure, Garden. Sure, I understand. You know, they yeah. they love to have yeah, those guys come in on the train, buy their ten dollar beers at Madison Square Garden, and uh, well, it, was, it was basically a home game for UConn. It was. Yeah. And we're slamming the latter portion of that because no ACC teams were involved. That's right. Yes. Maryland doesn't count anymore. Yeah, right, right. right. So uh, two dings, one for Taylor, one for myself for picking Virginia. Minus four, I believe, was was that at tip-off or was did it go to five? It went to five. It went to five. It doesn't matter. Right. And uh, you two, I'm sorry, I don't have a, I do have a buzzer sound effect somewhere <laughs> around here. Yeah. But I'm just going to spare you that. It's but okay. The it's silence okay. is you, definitely. You can't win them all. Well, you can't know, it all. looks like you were going to be right in the first half. Because... First 18 minutes, I looked like I was Ooh. completely correct. And I hate to say it, but we were totally shaky. Excuse me, Virginia we, basketball. Was well, totally there's shaky. our resident homer right there. there. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> Thank you very much it. for that. I can't help it. We look- Little known fact, Guthrie is actually Cavman in the suit at UVA basketball. Okay, enough of that. We need to get into <laughs> some analysis of this game. True. Early on, the press certainly bothered Virginia. West Virginia was getting to the rim. They were getting offensive rebounds, mm-hmm. but we're not shooting well throughout the entire game. And Doc Ock looked and like an all-star against... We, we got to give credit to Tony, but it probably yeah. one of the best halftime adjusters out there. And once they shared up the handles and got on the glass, it was it was a route in the second half because they just dared West Virginia to shoot. And Bob Huggins talked about that in his press conference leading up. He said, well, yeah. He was asked about the pack line. And he said, well, it's just, um, you know, it's... Penetration prevention, and we just have to make shots. Well, his team is terrible at making shots. Yeah, so. they are not a good shooting team. Oh, terrible that's why I. Team. That's why I liked Virginia minus four. And uh, should we talk about Parentes or should we talk about Anthony Gill? Because those were the two players who, who left their mark, in honor of Three Notch Brewery. Having some delicious uh, Biggie s'mores. There you go. <laughs> it's an imperial stout. I'm really enjoying it. But I, w- I would say overall, you know, watching the first half of the game, um, you know, West Virginia's dominance inside uh, immediately has to worry, you know, Virginia homers in particular, I would think. Uh, you know, they're up 14. It looks really bad for Virginia. And then they immediately shifted the point to Malcolm Brogdon, allowed him to ca- carry the ball, bring it up the floor. Um, I thought that really did a nice job of kind of calming the team down. And then obviously Perante's coming on in the second half was the difference. In I don't know game. if they shifted the point. I think it was a committee the entire way. Mm. It's a little yeah. bit of a committee ball. I will say, even, this, even the second half. The game was, really yeah. showed who on Virginia can handle the ball under pressure. Yes. Unfortunately, Shayok. Oh, looked really bad. And I. He has. So Shayok was shaky. Yeah. His strengths, I think, in the ball in transition, ball in his hands, or the one receiving the pass in transition, he's terrific. But when he has to bring up, bring the ball up through pressure, maybe not so much. Now, if now, you want to make an excuse for him, he did have his hand wrapped up, his hand taped up. Yeah, everybody knows so there's that. There's a lot of tape. Yeah. I mean, he fell on it uh, a couple weeks ago. To West Virginia's credit, Doctor Octopus did not look like himself, and. He got into foul trouble. Mm-hmm. Yes, he which did. Which is crucial. And had real trouble dealing with the Virginia double teams in the second half. Uh, seemed to handle the pressure fairly well in the first half. Really couldn't get out of the pressure in the second half. Um, just kind of put them behind the eight ball, especially like you were saying earlier, made them start to have to shoot the basketball. That The Virginia double team in the post, the post double, is coming a lot quicker than it has earlier in the season. The Virginia, it's making it yeah. a lot more effective. The Virginia post trap was on point for the first time this season because it's looked horrendous. 
oh, prior absolutely. to prior yeah, to West absolutely. Virginia, it's looked really bad. And that and, second half of the game was what people have been expecting out of Virginia this entire season. It was reminiscent of the games they had last season, mm-hmm. where they're you know they're ahead maybe four or five points, and then they really put the game away. They really they close it out, and that's the kind of thing you want to see from a team like that, someone who's rated so highly. And so I know yeah. it's been almost a week, but does anyone want to guess what West Virginia shot from three? Ooh, I'm gonna go. Give me a percentage. I'm gonna go 28. percent I'm gonna I don't go. Have the number in front of me. You just no. You need to cut that in half. No, 14. percent well, He's looking at the box score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 14. Yeah, What's a box too. score? Percent. <laughs> it was the tail of the. How, how many uh, game. did they take? How many threes did they take? Two of 14. Two of 14. Woo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should we talk about Bob Huggins a little bit? I think he needs to be brought up. Huggy Bear, a gentle soul. Well, it was kind of funny when. Uh, what, what's his name? Javon Carter is that? Is the so the guy who tried yeah. that like around the back pass yeah. on the on the fast break? Turning point in the game right there. Yeah, it was. No, hold, hold on. I'm hold gonna on, say hold it. On. I'm gonna say it. Everything changed. Everything changed after that moment. It, it no, was well, real sloppy for both teams. Very sloppy for a moment. Do you guys right. want to know what I think? I think that that was a, a scapegoat moment. Because that was that to was quit. the topic of the post game press conference was how really? Javon Carter just messed up the entire game. That's so false, though. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's I, false. They it's just got beat. They got beat in the second half. Well, also, it, I mean, I just don't know why he would stay on the bench because that happened with like what eight minutes left. No, you, it was a scapegoat that, yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah but like why why keep one of clearly one of your better players on the bench just to like make a point? Yeah, he was one for nine though. Yeah, yeah I mean, not maybe, shooting well. maybe not shooting well, but, you know, who really was shooting well? So Anthony Gill came to play. And 15, 15 first half points. I've been a little bit critical of AG so far this year because we talked about it last podcast. It's good to hear he's a not, listener. <laughs> not, I know. Whenever, yeah, every, every time. Whenever we every give time. anybody a hard time, they, they uh, have career days, and that was the best game I've ever seen him play. 20 points, 12 boards, 9 of 11 shooting. He was terrific. It, it was interesting, though. So hey, he was nice. He was, nice Jay Billis word right there. Terrific. He uses that a lot. <laughs> well, so length. Also, also Jay Billis was Wings kind man. of riding AG in the beginning of the game when he got burned on like back to back to back possessions. Like it looked. He did like not look he good had, on defense at the beginning. No, and he got taken out of the game. Tony maybe had a little chat with him. I missed it. I I couldn't see because you know it was not not uh you know. Not broadcast. Something. Yeah, it was not but, broadcast by ESPN, whatever. But when he came back in, he was aggressive and he was on point with his rotations on defense. And that's exactly what we needed. So on offense, I will say, Gil got a lot better on defense. But on offense, West Virginia's defense is the kind of defense that Gil thrives against because it's not a slow you down, force you to work in a half court. Gil is a lot better because he's an undersized big man who moves pretty well. On offense, he's a lot better against teams you have to move the whole length of the court against. He, what I've seen this entire season, when he struggles is when he, when gets he's the a bull, ball, bull he gets in the, the ball, China shop, yeah, he gets when the ball in the China shop, and he's well guarded and he doesn't toss it back out and he just throws his shoulder into somebody and tries to go to yeah. that same move he does every single time. Yeah, no, no, he was he was very effective in breaking the press as either like the last pass, and right? He would throw down a dunk or you know a high percentage shot, and. Um, like we needed, UVA needed that option, and he provided that pretty well. Yeah, it reminded me of the Anthony Gill against VCU last year that had 18 points and eight boards. Mm. Um, just very similar game from him. Rapid, he was nine for 11 from the. From we've the already films. mentioned yeah. that. Rapid fire takeaways. We'll we'll go around the table real quick. I'll start. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon 
has not played a a poor game at all this season except for the opener against Morgan State, but can you even count that? Uh, I think he's just been at another level this year. So that's my takeaway. Uh, a quiet, nice game of 14 points, 5 of 10 from the floor. My takeaway is that Bob Huggins, like everything in West Virginia, powered by Cole. Cole keeps the lights on. And he uh, he is like Santa Claus if he were a Bond villain. He is the Bond villain equivalent of Santa Claus. That's what I think. Bob Huggins. He's Inspector. What did you I say? haven't seen it yet, but yeah, I get it yet. on there. What, what did you say in that in that text? He's 80% tracksuit, 20% hair he's, gel. He's 20% tracksuit, 90% hair pomade. Okay, I'm not sure the math adds up there, but you know that's, that's it fine. adds up in West Virginia. <laughs> oh no, come on! All right, so my Guthrie, takeaway, Guthrie, my takeaway, takeaway. I, I want to say last week we talked about who we thought the best defensive player on this oh, University of Virginia basketball you're so team smart, is, and I mean I I remember saying Isaiah Wilkins, and when he are you saying post defender, not overall defender? Because oh, Malcolm no, Bright is the interior, best. I'm sorry. Yeah, interior we defender. were talking. We were talking about interior defenders. Yeah, we. I said Isaiah Wilkins. I think we had a few like agreements. But he I agreed with you. looked absolutely incredible. He is going to be starting. Like, he needs to be starting, I think. Well, not starting, um, but we talked about this last week. He uh, needs to be he, playing in crunch time. Right, yeah. And at that's, least, a, at least that's almost the, the same as minutes. being a starter. Yeah. Almost the same. With, with, how, with how Tony Bennett is, like, distributing the minutes among the big men. Like, okay. it, you know, he, he wants that dynamic with, like he wants Gill and Jack Salt. He wants Toby and Wilkins playing together, or you know, he wants the active defender like Wilkins or Salt. And well, it's very clear that he minded. plays the matchups. They switch their rotations and starting lineups right. for we the went, big men based and, on the game. Right, and also in the West Virginia game, we also played a little. Virginia basketball played a little small so that we could deal with the pressure a little better. I mean, I, anyway, Isaiah Wilkins played fantastic. Good point. He was. On point with his defensive rebounding, um, you know, defensive rotations were were great. I I'm a big fan of Wilkins. Right, I totally agree. You could pair him with with Toby. I think also. Mm-hmm. I don't see why that would be a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Mike, I, I'm gonna go with the easy kind of hot take here. London Parentes, uh, just or I should start calling him Parentes because that's apparently how you pronounce it, even though his name has an A in it. It should I mean, be Parentes. I haven't corrected as a man that you. lived in Puerto Rico. Yet, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, as, a man, as a Puerto it. Rican male, as a young Puerto yeah, Rican you, male like myself, know uh, you know, I'd like to say <laughs> that it, it should be Perantes, although I know he's not Puerto Rican. So, Anyways, I, yeah. uh, main takeaway from you the game. You are incredibly insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to say that, you know. We his, apologize for Mike. His 13 points, uh, I think he went three for three from three. Uh, his emergence this year has been great to see on offense. He's nearing kind of the fabled uh, shooting percentages of even Steph Curry that he mentions in all of his uh post-game conferences. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, 90 Comparing him to Steph Curry, near, wow. Near 90% mm, from yeah, the free throw yeah, line, 50% yeah. from the field, and over 50% from wow. three right now. A 90-50-50 line, that is phenomenal. This is the year. This is the year that a lot of UVA fans have been waiting for. Very excited to see London capitalize on the big stage. People have called me the Steph Curry of podcasting. Oh, is that right? Because you're a volume shooter. <laughs> that's right. Second half, <laughs> second half was fantastic. First half was not good at all. But we picked no. up those he two had, early has, fouls. He had the rust excuse built in. That and also too, yeah. Was that a career high in turnovers? Felt like it. I could be wrong there. Had, I don't have my... Five? Yeah, he had five turnovers. I don't have my SID information in front of me. But. It's it's certainly up there. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, all right. Well, well, that's it for that's a wrap for WVU and UVA. Uh, We might get back to Virginia just momentarily because they play Villanova on Saturday. Next game of note, Taylor, can you guide us? Because you are our maestro over here. Miami, Florida, Coral Gables. Uh, Miami beat Florida by eleven points uh, at the Bank United Center. We know. What was the line? What was the line? Give me the line. I'll tell you what it was. It was minus five and a half. And you know what it wasn't? Ever in jeopardy. I mean, I just, <laughs> yeah, Miami <laughs> dominated that Miami game. controlled the game throughout. Uh, and I, one of the things I was most impressed with was Miami's offense looked great. And one of the things I really love about watching the offense is that there is no dead air. There's no downtime. There's no somebody standing at the top of the key dribbling the ball while other guys kind of – stand there and wait for a set to be called. They're always moving off the ball. They're always attacking. There's always a guy driving to the basket, then dishing, and that guy pump fakes and runs. They move it so well, and they got one of the things I look for all the time, especially when I'm betting second half lines during the first half, is I look for what team is getting the easy baskets, what team is taking advantage of the other team's defense and getting those uncontested shots and that was Miami throughout this entire game. Right, right. I mean, it, it wasn't only Angel Rodriguez's ability to get into the paint and then completely disrupt Florida's defense. They've, uh, you know, a high pressure defense, somebody that uh, highly values their man to man. Angel Rodriguez was able to break that back down very quickly, able, able to kick it out to Sheldon McKellen. Um, and also, you know, just overall inside with Jakiri and uh, Jamari Murphy. Uh, Jamari Murphy, first of all, as an Oklahoma State transfer, it's good to see him totally get into the game and uh, dominate. Mike, you went on a soliloquy about how we should be saying parantes, and then you're saying Angel Rodriguez. Oh, on And he actually is Puerto Rican. That's the worst part. He yeah. he actually is well, Puerto Rican, well, and I, as a man just, who lived yeah. in Puerto Rican for six years okay. myself, well, I, I should be able to say He that. is a <laughs> big you. part of what's uh, helping Miami succeed so much this year. I mean, of course, Sheldon McClellan, is, he's having an, a fantastic season. He is shooting... Uh, Almost 55% from three-point range so far this season, which is probably not sustainable, is my guess. But hey, you know, I I hope he I hope he does that. That'd be amazing to watch. Right, another man nearing that kind of fantastic line of 90-50-50. Right, but Angel Rodriguez, I think, is a great. He he's having a great season, and one of the things is he is not playing as much. Hero ball, for lack of a better right, term. Right, right. You talked season. about dead right. air in the Miami offense. Uh, the old Angel may have held that ball for an extra five Definitely. or six seconds trying to find an opening. This year, he's actually distributing at an ex- extremely, incredibly efficient rate. Um, very, very happy to be on that bandwagon early, and I uh, can't wait to see how far they go. Well, and- we might have to wait until ACC play because he did the same thing last winter. Um, just throwing it out there. And then he went rogue when conference play began. I will say, one of the things, last week we joked, Luke, you specifically joked about how uh, nobody comes to games at uh, in Coral Gables, nobody goes to games, empty arena. This year, for the first time ever in the history of the school, Miami basketball sold out season it's tickets. It's a rivalry game. Sold out season tickets. Game. Their season tickets sold out. Wake me up when Wake Forest this is, is in town. I, I, I mean, they're, they're, they're <laughs> 7,300 strong in Coral Gables but, this uh, past game. No, I'm sorry. You know that like <laughs> North Carolina is going to they're gonna pack the sports center for Wake Forest. Uh, and I mean, well, Cameron's not hard to pack. That's always packed. Uh, you had Jim Laranega after dude. the game so, doing the whip and the nene. It, Amazing. Look we up talked that about video. this last podcast too, and I don't want to bring that up again because that's nonsense. I don't <laughs> wanna, I'm not wasting another breath. The man Jim, can dance. Jim Laranega dancing just to like make ESPN headlines. Yes, Jim Laranega dancing is on loop in my dreams. That's all I think. Of. Watch my whip. 
Oh, <laughs> that, that made it worth it for me. All right, moving on, moving on. Thank you, because <laughs> I was about to mute all three of your mics. I, my, I think Miami finishes top three, third in the ACC this year. Behind? UVA and UNC. So you have revised your picks. That's right. That's okay. I'm going to revise mine I, once I, conference play starts. I missed on, on Florida State, but I think Miami... It's just in the, the state of Florida. I'm still holding on a little bit of hope for Florida Oh, uh, yeah, dude. I'm still, still holding on I'm hope. still holding on hope. What's next Absolutely. on the agenda? Don't gotta, you have like a master Kempom spreadsheet in front of you? I got, it's got to be UNC Texas, huh, yeah, boys? Let's just go there. Let's go what there. Let's go there. Let's talk about Come this. on. Uh, let's go around the room. Mike, why don't you start us? Uh, well, I'm just going to give a shout out to hashtag Doey Strength. This was a matchup of colossal Doey Strength men. Oh, a lot Ken- of Doey Strength uh, on on display. Kennedy Meeks, <laughs> Kennedy Meeks versus Cameron Ridley. I mean, you, you it was a matchup you never thought you wanted to see until it happened. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just amazing, amazing play there. Interior, uh, you know, that's just my my initial hot take. Oh, well, I'll, yeah. Luke, I'll let you go on for the uh, in depth analysis of the game. Oh my gosh, Cameron Ridley is like the Prometheus <laughs> of Doey Strength. No, we're going around the room. So guess who's next? <laughs> We're going counterclockwise. Ah, okay, okay. So I talked too much anyway. So yeah. Yeah. So the the second half, like the start of the second half, was incredibly exciting. It was just like back and forth. They were hitting. Everyone was hitting shots. It was very, very fast paced. Very, just like a great game to watch. Just like a treat. One of one was, of a treat. It was, it was a, a treat. A no, real it treat. It was a peach. It was a, a peach cinematic of a game. feast. Oh man! It was like anyway. That's enough of that. But uh, Javon Felix was a man. Felix, and, actually. If we're, okay. if we're gonna keep doing <laughs> this. Oh, you, 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 you were in a correct <laughs> pronunciation. Yeah, this it's is actually great. Felix. Um, and the, one thing while we're on Felix, I do want to say that is that really how I pronounce it? Yeah, it really okay. is um, <laughs> because it's a last name. <laughs> no, but the amount of time that he took to shoot that last shot. I mean, that catch and shoot. He actually caught the ball, and this is on an offensive rebound where you see so many guys just kind of throw it up. They don't know how much time is left. Man caught it with 1.5 seconds left. Took a nice form shot, just perfectly up, releasing the ball right off his fingernails. I mean, he cut his fingernails. He cut his fingernails Saturday. So you're morning. saying he planned that? Yeah, I, I know. That's I think, ludicrous. I think that the way that he shot the ball just exudes the type of calm that you need in that le- in that position in on that, that team. He just says, yes. I think, no, please. Yeah, I think yeah, he just says, I like all right. It. So his, that's, his that's shot. Nonsense. He has, he has let me say release. one thing. Let me say he has one thing. a long release. He took, he took that shot to make it, not to beat the clock. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd agree with that. But, I mean, he, he has a long release. He was playing with confidence because he was hitting, like, crazy amounts of shots this game. In, he was. He in was. In his entire release... For that game-winning shot, I saw the history of Texas flash before my eyes. I mean, I remembered the Alamo. <laughs> I saw not know, not just Texas basketball, not just no, University of Texas. No, the Austin. entire the entire state. Well, you left out Rick Barnes in that statement. So oh, I I actually <laughs> yeah. thought about Rick. I'd like well, to thought about I mean, Kevin Durant in the, in the no, time of that of that release. Rick Shh, Barnes is probably right. like two seconds. Like no, not not two seconds. I'm will, saying if if you saw the history of Texas basketball, Texas in that. Statement, including Texas basketball in that shot, you left out Rick Barnes, who's been who was what he was there for a decade, right? 
Sure. Yeah, yeah, and he, well, he did well, he well, How well would you give us some analysis? Because I'm still searching okay, for a nugget from this game. I haven't well, had any. I, I, think it, I think it is Guffey telling. just said it was a great game. And I think it's Mike, <laughs> I don't know what he said. Rick Barnes. Mike was giving pronunciations on Friday Night Lights. A, a primal Friday screen. Friday Night Lights uh, I, uh, star. I will say that I think it's telling that the that game-winning shot came on an offensive rebound because UNC is usually a very strong offensive rebounding team. They rebound You, you mean defensive rebounding? Uh, both, both, but yes. and it, yeah. but especially they rebounded like a top forty in the nation offensive rebounding team. That's according to Kim Palm, and they had four offensive rebounds in this game total, and that is a sixteen percent offensive rebounding rate, which is much much lower than they usually have. Yeah, that would put, them, talk about that would put Doe- them near the bottom of the yes. NCAA period. That's right. You talk about Texas destroyed them. Texas really them the did boards. a great job, and Texas this season has really been a bad team limiting people's offensive rebounds. They're a bad defensive rebounding team overall. Yeah, absolutely. But mm-hmm. in this game, they were able to stop that. And and I thought it was actually it's the – that kind of thing is the, – the way the game was played is the antithesis of what Shaka Smart has made his entire name on. And it's it's – if I were a Texas fan, I think it would be reassuring to see that he is coaching – this kind of game where it's not going to be, you know, he doesn't need havoc to succeed. He's not a, a system guy. He's right. He's coaching in a different way. And Cameron Ridley and the Texas interior really did a great job, both limiting the rebounds and making it difficult for UNC's front court. Mm-hmm. Um, and UNC relies on their front court a lot. As much as you know, I've been saying this all year, but as much as we love to talk about Page and everything like that, UNC relies on its front court being a source of strength and being able to go to its front court for baskets when it needs it. Yeah. And and Texas did a great job of of taking that strength away from UNC. Well, the big hey. men at UNC were all in foul trouble, like, you know, fairly early. And Roy was kind of in a pickle as to how to address the True. Cameron Rid- Ridley, the rebounding issues. And that was kind of an, a problem for them all game. The, the early part of the game was especially ugly. I mean, I think it, oh, yeah. I think it took them... Well, we're not talking about that. We're already in crunch time, so right. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, nice nugget. Great nugget on, was. on the big men play from Texas. I'm going to not top that, but try to just get close to it. Um, Carolina's guards got destroyed for the first time this year, and Isaiah Taylor got anything he wanted, it seemed, or he was playing out of his mind, one of the two. Yeah, that's right. Also, you know, when the going got tough, where was Bryce Johnson, Kennedy Meeks, and Marcus Pace? This, this Kennedy was the Meeks issue. wasn't even playing at, at that point. Hold on. The game. I'm, Where was I'll he? get there. Okay, get, I will get, get there. Me there. But this was <laughs> this was the problem with this team that they wrote up on the locker room doors and walls and, I don't know, inside their locker doors and maybe on the floor, how finished games, finished games. I was this new Carolina team. That's why they were going to finish first in the ACC. And they've had two games where they haven't finished. And they sh- probably should have won both of those games. I think Carolina is m- much better, and I say much better, superior to Texas. I didn't yes, think Texas had absolutely. any business staying in that game at all, and that's a compliment to North Carolina. I- I'm not a North Carolina hater over there. I just I think they should have won that game. I'm not worried about them yet because it's still December, but their guards did now nah, show a little chink in the armor. And that was my takeaway. Second point. All right, stay with me. And this this rolls off point number one. Isaiah Hicks was was like their crunch time guy. Yeah. Did anybody else notice that? Oh, yeah. I did. Yeah, I did. he actually played pretty well, to be honest. Yeah, I thought. but yeah, but I, instead it's of it's not Kennedy sustainable Meeks. though. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, when you have Bryce Johnson and Kennedy Meeks, it's kind yeah, of... Kennedy Meeks, the man who can no, do no wrong mm-hmm. to most folks because he 
he lost weight, but he was invisible. In the I, I prefer him to gain weight. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, you know. I'm and, still not worried about North Carolina, though. I'm still not too worried about him. No. But I, but I think this game did prove our point in the first pro- podcast, the, the inaugural podcast, that we are a little bit skeptical of this North Carolina team and we're not going to anoint them of anything. Right? Yeah. Do we? Let me ask a I, I feel a little here. bit vindicated, don't you? Oh, yeah. Do we care about on the final shot? The Connor Lambert from Texas coming in and, and bulldozing Marcus Page on the rebound, which probably, if it were not the last play of the game, would probably have been an, a foul. No, I do we know, care about that? Even even thinking about that now, it, it doesn't even register to me. In the moment, it did, uh, but now it's it's already gone. You know, my the big thing for me and poor it goes, Marcus. Yeah, I know, poor Marcus. It goes back to Luke's point earlier though about the guard play. Um, it was Joel Berry getting constantly blown off the ball. Uh, you know, he was able to keep Mello Tremble in check relatively for most of the game, I would say for the first three quarters of that Maryland game. Uh, maybe only the first two quarters, actually. But regardless, uh, you know, Joel Berry had a, had a terrible game, and so so went North Carolina's second half. You know, I thought he was the MVP in the Maryland game. Uh, he, he's really got to step up. He's got They've got to be the best perimeter defensive team in the ACC for them to be the best team in the ACC. Well, that's not going to happen. So, um, let's just move on. So that I mean, that's no, why I, you guys call. I don't think early. I don't think their ceiling hinges on them being the best perimeter defensive team in the league because that's just not going to happen. Are they going to be a better perimeter defensive team than Florida State? I don't think so. Or Virginia? You know, I don't think so. Or Miami? Okay. Oh, they're they'll be better than Miami. Maybe. Or, Notre, or Notre Dame or Clemson? Perimeter defense, well, I think it goes Louisville, UVA, UNC. Or Louisville, right that's right. Yeah, Louisville. I mean, you know, UVA, I mean, they can be better than UVA. Okay. Honestly, I think uh, a lot of North Carolina's success hinges on their front court. And because, you know, Marcus Page is going to be Marcus Page. He's a great player. He's going to get his, he's going to score, you know, 18, 20 points a game. He's going to make his shots. But front court has been inconsistent. They've allowed a lot of offensive rebounds. Um, it, you know, no, that, their front you know, court is good. That's what oh, you get. When their I, front court is I, not good, it's when they have trouble, obviously. Yeah, I, I, I agree completely with agree with yeah. that. The that's, talent level of their front court is extremely high. They have one of the best front courts in the country if they play to their potential. But one of those members won't get in an elevator with anybody else besides from himself. Yeah, well, say that. I mean, I prefer taking escalators anyway. Okay, next game. That was enough of North Carolina. We're not too concerned. I mean, but we're not anointing them, and we feel very vindicated. Is that right, guys? Yeah, well, absolutely. I, I feel that way. Every other podcast or talk show or college basketball talking head out there at the preseason was ready to just get hand it, hand this team the title. Yeah, well, I mean, we were right. crown, I feel good about that. Yes. one thing we've gotten right this that's right, so far. That's right. Eight minutes into the that first our, half, that and our best bets last week were very good. Were we'll very get to good. that. We'll get yeah. to that. Eight minutes into the first half, Jay Billis said, "This is the best team in the country," and they were talking about North Carolina. Yeah, should we, should we talk about Jay Billis real quick? Well, we can. We can. You know, tweet at me. <laughs> how do we feel about Jay Billis? I actually enjoy people who make overly dramatic statements. Makes me laugh a little bit inside, doesn't it? You know, Taylor Taylor's uh, always had kind of a, a an affinity for Jay Bills. I, he's trying to blend mainstream and Bill Walton, and you don't bring Bill Walton to the mainstream by just quoting Young Jeezy. Yes, uh, I was just about to say Jay Bills and our Twitter friends, and I, I, if anything, I'm just jealous that he gets to be the person who has carved out his. Little world as the guy who quotes Young Jeezy. And well, it's listen, not me. his AM tweets like at six o'clock in the morning 
where he's talking about, I got to go to work. I'm sure <laughs> our listeners have seen these. Those are the most narcissistic things That's that I've right. ever seen in my life. However, I do like it when he just goes off and gets overly dramatic about what's the Kansas guy who just got eligible? I can't pronounce his name. Uh, Check. Diallo? Check. Check. Check Diallo, yeah. And how he, he just railed in the NCAA saying, it's offensive and it's embarrassing. And yeah. He does not like to enjoy that. I, I laugh. I like that he is willing to talk shit about the NCAA. That's nice. All right. yeah. I will say that it is a huge power move that on Twitter, you know, he's a guy who has like over a million followers and he follows zero people. And actually, I just checked, he follows one person now. We've established the narcissist. <laughs> but I mean, up until recently, he followed zero people. Wait, who's, who's the wait, one who's person? he following? Yeah, I'm, it, don't it don't is somebody, leave us hanging. Dick Vitale. All right, no, next it's, topic. It's Lacey's legacy at Adorable Lacey, the Michigan State young girl. Uh, who had okay. Oh, okay. Adrian that, Payne. That, yeah, Adrian right. Payne that, seems, yeah. that seems fair. But before that, zero people, zero following mm. on Twitter, which a huge power move. Just, I mean... Well, he's no Bill Walton, but he is. I mean, but who is? Will who can that. compare? But he didn't study. My biology question is on to all the Row. haters: <laughs> Is what other commentator will make you at least chuckle throughout a broadcast? Not because he's trying to make you chuckle, but just because he's overly dramatic. Right. That's a fair That's point. A, That's a fair, a fair point. point. Yeah. Next matchup. Next reflection. We've only got a couple more reflections because we're halfway done. Uh, so I think we're going to talk about Notre Dame, Stony Brook. Oh, right. Michael. We had some talk about last time. Michael, just, why don't you take lead on this one? We'll kick it to Michael after we establish that Notre Dame uh, covered the spread in excess of 20 points. So, Oh, it was it was a really unfortunate game for Stony Brook. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, look, you know, okay, to be fair, this was a two-point game with 12 minutes left. Okay? I just want to put that out there first. All right, true. Okay, that's that's all that's all I want to just first of all to get it out there. They should have ended it um, there. Yeah. <laughs> didn't they know that you bet on that game? Didn't they know you that know, there was you money would, you on? You would really think that they would. You know, I did not actually think I think that Stony Brook's going to be in the tournament this year, but there were two things that really stood out on the game. First of all, Zach August was absolutely dominant. You, if you were a Stony Brook player, you couldn't do anything against them. But he's playing against Stony Brook. Oh, well, hey, to be fair, to be fair. Jameel Warney, you know, I think for Stony Brook is is one of the elite players in the country. You know, he only may have an 18-inch vertical, but I tell you, he's got that Antoine Jameson game where he's just angling, uh, you know, his body to make easy baskets. Uh, to see Zach August dominate him like that down low was really a uh, revelation for me. I know that we had a bit poo-pooed on uh, Zach August. Good to hear that he is I a did. listener of the podcast. you did. I'm sorry. We have, we have three very prominent ACC fans here. James Robinson, Anthony Gill, and I guess Zach August as well. So that was good to hear. Well, listen, Mike, I'm glad that I have this power so we can benefit from it from a gambling perspective. That's right. right. So that's right. Just who should I jinx? Just this throw week? your shine everywhere. Um, who should I motivate this week? You know, I, who, are we, who are we betting on? Well, we'll get there momentarily. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll we need to it. recap one more game, and that was earlier this afternoon: Syracuse and St. John's. I watched. Don't ask me why. Guthrie watched. We know why. <laughs> and you two probably missed it because you have families and and other things to do. But Guthrie, St. John's, and Syracuse. The problem with Syracuse right now is the ball is not moving. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The ball's not moving. It's dribble drive, which they're actually getting to the line with, and they're actually finishing a lot, mm -hmm. or Trevor Cooney just jacking up a three, or Benajay jacking up a three, which is not a terrible option considering their current offense because it's atrocious, but 
Not that's reliable. what I'm seeing. That's what I'm Not seeing reliable. with Syracuse offensively. Defensively, I think the zone is at a low point. Maybe the last decade, I think Syracuse dot SyracuseFan.com would agree with me. It's <laughs> yes. a site we frequent. Yeah, they actually were clamoring for uh, switching to man, and apparently, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Syracuse yeah. switching so, to man. No, uh, so the, uh, here, oh this would be the perfect gosh. time to do it because uh, Jim Beheim is down in Atlanta. Yeah, it's, it's the interim coach. Uh, yeah, Hop, this Hopkins, would be the perfect right? time to do it. It would be. It, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. but like at the same time, I can't condone it. I he's can't been, condone he's it. He's been an assistant under Beheim for you know yeah. I actually don't know how many years. So he's a company and, man. Yeah, and it would be probably against like everything that he stands for to switch. Well, they to can't man. defend the three right now, so they better yeah. no, do they, something. They absolutely need to do something def- differently on defense. It defensively, they were a complete sieve. Um, St. John's not not you know not a great team generally. Uh, not a great shooting team. Coached they, by Chris Mullen, so you Chris know Mullen, they're going to yeah. be good. Yeah, Mitch oh, Richmond is also an assistant. Fan. Do you remember Mitch Richmond? Yes. I mean, that, that dates That's me. His yeah. They showed him on the bench. Yeah. They, showed him, yeah. they just showed him on the bench earlier today. Yeah. So. yeah. Have you heard Chris Mullen speak? That The depth of that man's voice. He's just just the deepest voice. Nobody has more street cred than Chris Mullen. Can we get him to host this podcast? Because his <laughs> yeah. voice is certainly better than <laughs> yes, mine. Absolutely. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. I'm a high baritone at best. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yes, you're right. St. John's, I mean, absolutely lit it up tonight. Uh, or was that last night? Whenever it was. It was earlier this afternoon. Earlier this afternoon, yeah. Uh, shot 50% from three. Uh, they were shooting Texas numbers out there, 12 of 24 from three. Well, it's easy to do that when you're playing that whack zone. It's very, right? very passive right zone. I mean, Wisconsin they, was getting open looks so, and hitting shots. So when, so when Syracuse Syracuse was down, like, you know, maybe a dozen points going into Somewhat crunch time in the like second four half. Minutes. Yeah, yeah. And so they then made they a started. Run. They got a little six zero well, run. Well, they going. started finally pressing a little bit. They like applied some pressure to the ball handlers for St. John's, and the you know they just coughed it up. And and they also they, missed like fourteen threes to end the game, and like a bunch of layups. They yeah. had some really good looks point blank that Trevor Cooney just didn't make. Or well, no, it Malachi wasn't Rich- Cooney. It well, wasn't no, Cooney, Cooney had Cooney had a couple. Cooney had a couple. Malachi Richardson. You know, missed missed a few. I like Malachi Coon, Richardson. Cooney, I do too, but Cooney he did not have a good game. Cooney and Richardson combined one of nineteen from three. Could could you shoot Richardson, better than Richardson? Oh, for eleven. Could you be a better three point shooting option than Trevor Cooney right now, Mike? Uh, Hero ball so it's in, a an real question. in an empty <laughs> gym. You know, I actually no, want not th- in an empty gym. In a real gym. I, I in a won, real game. I won a three point shooting contest in eighth grade from the top of the key. Went five of five twice. That makes it ten for ten. I would say that in an empty gym, <laughs> I would definitely beat him. You know, in a full gym, he he may stand a chance. Yeah. Every I, I every feel- team has the guy that everybody hopes is going to be the next guy. You know, for Syracuse's Trevor Cooney, and everyone has been counting on him to be the shooter that he once. We're past he that be. point. He's- we passed that point in February of last year, Taylor. Yeah. Oh yeah, last We're year we're way was his- past that point. So. Don't bring it up. He, yeah, he cannot. Like he, he is just not capable of being the guy. Benajay might be. There's able a little to do bit it. of. I feel like there's still a little bit of potential in this team. Benajay is still shooting hit a over fifty percent from three point range. Or do something year. different no, offensively. No, he's he shooting really well. Where, where do you see? Where do you see them actually shining? You know, if they're going to turn this around, where where do they hang their hat? As Jay Billis may say. Well, after Atlantis, y'all started talking me into it, and I got on the bandwagon and jinxed them. So. <laughs> Um, I don't. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm reversing it right now. But I, maybe that's an eighth place team. Ooh. Eight. Hmm. Yeah. That's, I think is that behind I, NC State? I, no. As, as, as much NC as we, like NC State might be eleventh. 
Syracuse was preseason nine, I think. You know what? As right? much as we talk yes, about Trevor right. Cooney being disappointing, it's really their front court is is well, the weakest inc- part of their team. Thin. They're incredibly no, no, thin, incredibly and they are not. Court. I'm going to defend the the Syracuse front court for oh, a little bit. So. Oh, okay. Really? I mean, I the only guy who seems to have any action down low for them is Roberson. He's the only guy who's active. He's the only guy who's grabbing rebounds. The only guy who seems to disrupt things down there. And he, because they're so thin, if he gets you know a couple fouls early in the game, which he often does. It's over for them. It's done. I mean, they have Leiden, who is a good player, but yeah. he is not a front court guy. He's a six eight guy who should be playing. Leiden actually has some skills though. Right. Yeah. Can we give that to him? He yes. Does. And He's Roberson good. is good. athletic. He's an athlete. Right. I, I am saying that they are good. Like they have athletes on that team. It's a lot like West Virginia. They just can't shoot for uh, anything. That's enough on Syracuse though. They lost. They're now seven and three. I think that's good on it's recapping. Like, Should it's we look like ahead? they forgot Rakeem Christmas was graduating. It's like they just totally forgot that he was graduating. Well, they had well, they had a they had a a well a well uh, rated recruit that was ruled out by the NCAA. That's right. Oh. Well, I think technically he decided not to go to, to Syracuse. Um, I'm blanking on his name, but he was a very highly rated recruit, and we'll look him up. We'll yeah, him. yeah, we'll look him up, but. Um, Mustafa Diagne, I believe. Is, yes, that's is that yes, how you pronounce his last it. name? Yeah, yeah, I, probably exactly. But uh, he is highly rated. And <laughs> I he think was, he would Angel, be. Is that your he is. He is someone that they desperately could have used this season. Looking at their depth issues, and you know, I mean, Dewan Coleman finally is is healthy, quote unquote. But wasn't he, Caleb Joseph supposed to be the top ten guy though? And he's in yeah, here too. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Just throwing it out he, there. He's not playing a ton of minutes for them. Right. Well, I mean, they, we they're, already, they're already more or less. Should we question that in, at all, or just accept it? Mm, just I don't know. It. I mean, th- I yeah. I they they have they have a few problems. He I played think... 14 minutes against Wisconsin. That was his season high. Yeah. He played three minutes today. Are we sure he's not hurt? No, I don't think so. I think I think it's just that he doesn't bring what they need offensively and maybe defensively as well. well is Trevor Cooney bringing that? <sighs> Trevor Cooney is like such a liability on defense that it's. I'm out there for you, Syracuse fans. We're on your side on this one. Yeah, I'm just asking questions. That's enough on that. Let's look ahead, guys. What do you say? Yes, sir. Yeah, let's let's move preview. On. It's a big week. Star Wars: The Force Awakens comes out. That's right. There's a lot of college basketball to watch. Mike Jaffe is finally caught up caught up on Star Wars. <laughs> I thought I'd just throw that out there <laughs> yeah, so to don't... break up the podcast. Let's go off topic for a little he bit. He spent so much time in the sports Can you tell book, us your, your journey Star through Wars. Star Wars? Because this is a new thing to you. Yes, it but is. But you've embraced it. Yeah, it was. And, you know, I, there are people in this world who I guess are Star Wars people, and then they're not Star Wars people. I guess that's how it had happened. And up until about a year ago, I was pretty unaware just – in general, of Star Wars. But I will mention this. You weren't one of those people who thought they had a claim to fame because they hadn't seen Star Wars. And they felt so special. Like, oh, I haven't seen it. I'm never going to see it. I think that's (laughs) dumb. I'm not interested. Yeah. yeah, Like, that was their identity. And you were not a Star Trek person. No, I was not. That's a whole different thing. It's like in high school when you go around the room on the first day of class, like, what's something interesting about you? And there's this... 
those people will pop up. I haven't seen Star Wars. I'm never going to ever. <laughs> no, it ever. Ne- it never defined you were not my one life. of those people. It and, never defined and I'm my proud life. of you for that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> I, was, I was actually really excited to watch the movies. I had never seen them. I knew that it was a big part of our culture. Um, it took me forever to get my hands on kind of original, you know, non CGI added episodes four five and six yeah which which edition is are so we talking about I, I i can only tell you what the dvd case looked like oh, okay it, had, that, that it helps. was like a helps. it was blue it was black background it had like luke and darth engaged in a saber a saber embrace if you will yeah that's okay. the edition yeah yeah, so, so I think, I think so hashtag th- Saber Embrace. That comes with two discs. Uh, the first disc, which is kind of messed up, is actually the one with the CGI added. The second disc is actually the one that's the original cut. Okay. Um, oh, so I watched nice. all the original cuts, uh, four, five, and six, and then I, I actually used the machete method, I believe is what uh, oh, yes. what it's called, where you, mm-hmm. I watch four, five, two, three, six. Yeah, skip one. Okay? Yeah. Skip one because skip it's one. actually irrelevant. <laughs> like you get a little background on Anakin, but you know, right? I think one, two, three is nice, all but well, irrelevant. You shouldn't watch none of those. <laughs> no, I mean they, they, they have three, no redeeming qualities. Zero, zero relevant in that it focuses a lot on the story of Anakin when he like comes of age. I rather would have not seen it. If you if you just read it. the synopsis, <laughs> you Listen, could believe that maybe you're forgetting he is, one thing. A- anyway. Jar Jar is still unaccounted for. He might be alive. Right, he could right. pop up this week in the theater <laughs> when we're going to see it. Uh, I will say that he's he is unaccounted for. Yeah. On a, we don't know how long a, Gungans live. On a college basketball a long time. Star Wars note, Purdue had a Star Wars week, and one of the Purdue fans held up a sign that said, uh, "Jar Jar Binks is an IU grad," which yeah. I thought was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Did you see the Did you see the Star Wars uh, Purdue basketball poster? That oh, yes, that's is right. fantastic. Uh, anyways, you guys, you guys that. are too deep in the game for me. Let's for, get back to Mike. Let's yeah. get back to your <laughs> yeah, journey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to hear more about yeah, the so, experience. You know, four, five, two, three, six. Um, really enjoy it. You know what was fun about watching it that way was that the episodes two and three kind of felt like a highly stylized flashback. You know, it almost felt like mm. a, one of those comic book scenes in Kill Bill, where you're just you're just kind of like, yeah, there's a lot of CGI. Yeah, it's a lot brighter. And but it's you a lot appreciated different. a little bit. But I appreciated it. I respect and, that. And actually, now seeing, I have four, zero respect for that. Those are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> stop! Stop! Hey, four, five, and six, though. Um, you know, I I would have I would have wondered I would have wondered. Uh, you know, watching six last night, I would have wondered like, why would anyone have ever thought that Darth Vader was redeemable? Like, why would anybody have looked at him and been like, oh, he's going to throw the Sith Lord Chancellor guy over the bridge down the silo tube? You know, like, nobody ever would have, like, yeah, why would weird, you have ever thought electrical that? electrical well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why would you have ever thought that? Station. I mean, but two and three gave me that context, you know, I that's that I felt like mm. actually helped carry me through a little bit. And if you're wondering my final rankings for the movie. That's, okay. Yes. okay. Oh, I was about to ask you. I was wondering. We've all been waiting. Okay, here we go. I'm going four is my number one uh, these are episodes I'm in right? on four. four I'm in on four <laughs> four three five six and two you might as well just burn it to the ground I okay. mean I don't know <laughs> but mm. four four Guthrie just got, like, so Guthrie just got so, a look on his face I where know he's we're, constipated we're, yeah, we're, like he's constipated now we are a purely Wait, audio format but is I'm, that crying reverse order? Right I'm crying is, is that reverse I'm legitimately order legitimately crying <laughs> is that from worst worst to best <laughs> the fact that you could even put any of the prequels with the original. So I think it's fair to say three is the most palatable of the prequels, but it doesn't approach Empire. Okay. It doesn't. Okay. Well, anyway, no, no. You are entitled to your opinion. It's, I'm not <laughs> saying you're wrong. 
<laughs> but you're wrong. <laughs> it no, doesn't approach uh, Empire. It doesn't approach Jedi. Yeah, um, I mean, Empire was totally action-packed. I really appreciated it. What I really liked, actually, and I did not expect about the original films, you know, 4, 5, and 6, was just kind of the viciousness of it. They they were just killing people left and right. I, I First of all, I didn't even know that Darth Vader talked. I just thought he did, like, the breathing thing. Really? Mm, you know, yeah, that yeah. was, like, my understanding huh. of He's it. choking people. Yeah, yeah, he's choking people. For out. just not, for not, like... I don't know for not sneaking up on Hoth. <laughs> what percentage of people do you think there are choked a guy for not sneaking like up on Hoth? I've never seen anyway. any of the Star Wars movies. Um, I, I don't know. You guys are probably no better. Than I, that first of all, I just 8%? I want to say, well, I you love Stony well, Brook. I would rather watch Stony Brook pray the U.S. Merchant Marines, which they did in the first game of the season, than I would watch any of the prequels. Star- <laughs> I mean, well, I hope you feel good about yourself. Uh, That's about five minutes of of non-topic talk how much of our was, audience have we alienated have how much have we the, the worst all the people part that is, have never seen star wars before the worst part like, is God, you guys could go i so see deep. our itunes numbers plummeting right now as we talk about we this. can always edit it out but i'm too lazy for that but why this, we? this week's matchups gentlemen and Ooh. feel free to toss in some star wars references if you see one team who's dominant if you see I don't know, like a Mon Calamari cruiser going against a Star Destroyer. Like, just just oh, point that out. Mm, mm. Man, I don't know I always like the Corellian <laughs> frigates were always my thing. Mm. <laughs> okay, what do we have on the agenda? Let's start with UVA Villanova. I don't want to jump the gun here, but that's it. That's probably the best matchup of the week now. Oh, man, there's so many There's so many good games on So Saturday. we see UVA as they'll probably be five-point favorites in that game. Probably. Yes, that's correct. Now, do you think that's an overreaction because sure. of the recent loss that Villanova sure. suffered to Oklahoma? Yes, the, I the do. The line should be three. You think UVA should be favored by three? But it'll be five, okay. we think. Yeah, it's Maybe definitely, higher. definitely a single possession game. I think the line actually moves um, you know, closer to six or seven. I think that that Oklahoma game, and especially, you know, there's been a lot of hot takes about Villanova's three-point shooting and things like that. I think that people will associate UVA's defense with not being able to score Inside, they'll they'll assume that Villanova is going to have to take a lot of threes. I see that line moving to closer to six or seven. Yeah, you might be right about that, Mike. Now, one, the, one note on Villanova: we all loved Villanova before the the massacre in Hawaii. But given they were playing in the hangar against Oklahoma, who's very good, and they missed twenty eight threes, so we still like Villanova, right? We do. I no, do. I, do. I'm I not, will. I'm not. I'm not tossing in the towel. I'm not going to say I like them as the number two team in the country, like we did last week, but. I still now, like this team. Now, I, I will like say Villanova. against Villanova, their style of play that they always have played, which is a one out, one in, excuse me, four out, they take a ton of threes. Those hot shooting three teams are the way to beat the pack line defense in many occasions if you can get those looks. Now, well, Ken Palm had a sometimes, great blog post sometimes. about this. Villanova, they uh, take the most three pointers as the percentage of all their field goals, the third most, excuse me, in the nation. And they score a very high percentage of their points from three-pointers, but they are shooting for their standards and just overall a very poor percentage. Yes, currently currently as a team only shooting 30%. The Oklahoma game is a perfect example. They were four for 32 from three-point range. Four for 32, that is horrendous. And they are not that bad a team shooting. If you look at the guys from last year, they're great three-point shooters who are just having a terrible, terrible three-point shooting season. Now, is that a... You know, at some point you have to ask yourself, are they just have they suddenly become bad three point shooting? Or are they just are they gonna regress or evolve to the percentage that they you would think they should be this, shooting and they this have makes shot me in the past? Think, this makes me think of this gives me back to the point of Virginia's personnel. 
Um, what did we see last week that we didn't expect? A lot of Evan Nolte. Everyone was about to bury him in the rotation, but we should just remember what Tony does. I think this might be a Shayak game because he's good on his closeouts, and I think closeout, closing out will be an emphasis this week if it has not been the past five mm-hmm. days or however long Virginia's been off till we're, we're taping this. Yeah, and, they, and They're going to talk about closing out a lot this week, and... Yeah, they'll be guarding the that position. The three will be guarding the prolific uh, Josh Hart for Villanova as well. By far their best player. That that defensive matchup, I, I can't see Nolte playing a ton of minutes there. But uh, Shyock's ability to it's cover there will be reeks of a Shyock game. Yeah. I think reeks of, I think the key for this game is going to be: Do you see Villanova get the ball inside easily? And it's not going to be maybe not to score, but. The pack line defense, the best possessions for it are when they can force the offense to just pass the ball around the perimeter. A lot, a lot of horizontal passing. Keep it far away from the basket. Fair enough. Virginia, Villanova, we're projecting the line to be minus five in favor of Virginia. Who do we like? We'll start with Taylor. I think you've got to take Villanova plus five. Okay. Guthrie. Yeah, it'd be hard to take UVA minus five. I think Villanova is really good. I... I'm going to go with Villanova plus five. Mike. I, I just wanted someone else to say UVA minus five so that I could say Villanova plus five and feel feel better about it. Just take Villanova I, plus five. I'll take Virginia minus five. Okay. Okay. The team's All so right. good to be true. The public's going with you. you got to yeah, go against the public. I'll take Villanova plus six is be what it ends up at. I, I like Trump. I like I like Villanova to come out and really uh, play this game well. I think it's a one-possession game. I think it's a UVA win by two. Three Villanova picks. I'm taking Virginia to cover the five or the six or whatever. I'll, I'll go up to six on this one. Yeah, I like yeah. that. And I think it's going to be a push. Yeah, I would. I mean, if it were me, and if I were actually going to be gambling money on this, I would stay away from this game. This is a classic stay-away game. You have to stay away from the big games, especially um, a game like this where um, I just don't feel like so either team what, is predictable. You're betting on either Villanova to win, all three of you, or Virginia to win a narrow one. Right. Who thinks Villanova is going to win this game? Would you take a Villanova money line? Taylor? That is an excellent question. Well, I would take a Villanova money line. Okay, I'm just saying okay. this. Virginia, do you know how many home losses they've had in yeah. three years? Just want to bring that up. Ooh, how many? I'm going to say four. Is that right? Just want to bring that up. In how many years? Three years. Do you know the you actual can keep number? keep going back. How many years do you want to go? Well, last I, year I, there I was no. one. One, that's right. The year before, well, the year before... The Wisconsin, Wisconsin loss. Yeah. yeah. VCU and then, was in 2014. So no, that was two. So so three in the past two years. Mm-hmm. Home losses. It just, it seems, if you're getting a team as good as Villanova with the points, it's there's very value hard. There. To, there's, there's value There's a lot there. of value. I would take that. We'll have to wait what the line is. If the right. line is Virginia minus three, which we think it should be, yes. how would you advise betters? Ooh. I would, I would take... I would take Virginia there. I mean, I, I think as a one-possession game, this is okay. a game that where you take Virginia. Okay, fair enough. We have this on record. Next game, next matchup, to talk about lines, who we like, and, of course, an ACC team's going to be involved. North Carolina and UCLA. UCLA has shown a pulse, more than a pulse, recently. Taking down the number one team in the country, formerly known as Kentucky. Taylor's... The um, artist, formerly known as Kentucky. Your guilty pleasure over there. And... A win over the team we've chosen to hate this year, or one of the two, Gonzaga. So good for you, UCLA. Good job, Bryce Alford and uh, Steve Alford, one of my favorite players of all time. Really? Yeah. Why is he? Um... Because he played under Bob Knight, and that was before Indiana was a disgrace. And he was like Jimmy Chipwood out there. Yeah. Hoosiers. 
Huh? There's a lot, a lot of <laughs> fantasy going on right there. A lot of, a lot of wish fulfillment. I think yes, North, that's right. Where's this game going to be played? Let's mention that to our listeners. This will be played at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. Thank you very much. A neutral site. It is a neutral site. A neutral site. Yes. I think North Carolina will probably teams. be favored by seven. Yes. Well, that's what I believe. It's, it's going to be, I guess it's going to open at six. I mean, that's just what I'm thinking that it's going to open at. Um, but yes, it, it should be pushed to seven, I would think. Taylor, any any hot takes? Let's on, go around the room uh, again. North Taylor, Carolina? you started us off last time. I can, start I can, us off again. I can see you look like you're, you're rubbing your nose like you know something, or like you have a niche from the '80s. One of the two. <laughs> I'm gonna say uh, UNC is gonna blow them out. They're Ooh. gonna. It's it's gonna be a UNC blowout. I would take UNC, um, even giving up the points. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know if we need to dig deep into this one. Yeah, Guthrie, do you have a pick here or? I like, I like UCLA with the points. Right. I like UCLA with the points. I think I think they they can shoot. Have, they they've learned how to shoot. I think their front court matches up decently with North Carolina. I think. Hashtag, how about some of the pick and pop games? Yeah, hashtag Doe's strength for sure. Tony yeah, Parker is Tony just Parker. a poor man's Kennedy Meeks. It's it's Kennedy Meeks versus himself from like two years ago. That's <laughs> what it is. We'll take UCLA with the points. Assuming it's somewhere in the vicinity of a seven-point line. Let's make that disclaimer. Yeah. Mike Jaffe, I mean, the man everyone wants to hear from because he's the Vegas insider. I mean, if, we, if you just think about how you want to gamble on games, right? You want, you want to not go with you a win. feeling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you want to not go with, hey, this team is better than this team. You don't want to go with kind of soft reactions. Oh, this team has been playing well. I think they'll continue to play well. I think that with the in-depth analysis that we provided earlier with UNC, I think UC, UNC has fantastic value here to the general betting public. I think you take them with the points against a UCLA team that I saw quit in Maui. I saw them play. Play a high high caliber team in Kansas, and I watched them quit on the floor. I think they do the same thing. That probably that that court finish in Brooklyn's probably going to remind them they're going to have PTSD from their Maui court. I, I just don't like them here. I like UNC all the way. Take the points, make the money, as Taylor would say. They might have blocked out that Maui trip, though. Hmm, might have. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, they lost couple a couple pills I hate on doing the plane. This. I it really also hate seems doing like this. you might get a more favorable line because UNC has recently. You know, dropped the most recent game, and UCLA, but it UCLA be, has had a couple of great games. But the public wins. could be thinking this is bounce back central for North Carolina. And again, all our speculation as to what the public's thinking, all that kind of stuff, Vegas already incorporates that into their. This lines. is true. So, yes, this is true. Who, right. who guards Justin Jackson? I'll just leave on that. So I hate doing this because I'm going to take Duke. I'm taking three favorites, and I hate doing that. But I don't see a way around it. Utah Duke is the next game that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'm, I'm not picking alert. against Duke for the third time and getting burned again because right. I've been burned right. a lot of times on this Duke team so far by not taking them and they're covering however many. So we games. see yeah. Duke being the 8-point, 9-point well, favorite? Let me finish up North Carolina. Yes. Yeah, I'll take North Carolina. I think they win convincingly in a bounce-back game. So wait, are we 3-1? 3-1. I'm one? the lone Bruins supporter. Go Bruins. <laughs> Don't what? hate me for picking favorites. It's just how I feel. Right? Yeah, no, no hate there, man. They still have no to hit. cover points, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of points. They still have to cover. Yeah. Speaking of Duke and Utah. Utah. Thank you. Madison Jacob, Square Garden, Jacob another Pirtle. New York game. Wait, did we get a correct pronunciation on a difficult yeah, to say is name? It, is, this, is this the first time? First time? <laughs> this is the first one. When one of us attempts to say his that's, name. That's how you know he's arrived. Should no one's mention, calling him Jacob Total anymore. Should we mention this is a rematch of last year's Swede 16? It is. 
showdown. And does anybody remember who won that game? Completely Duke. different Duke team. <laughs> Did Utah win? I think Utah probably won, right? Utah brought it home. Yeah, I think they probably won. <laughs> it was a Sweet 16, right? I'm just... Yes, uh, it was. Yes, it was. My memory. Yeah. Eight, eight point win by Duke. There. That's right. Completely different and Duke team. The issue was saying. never sorry, in six, doubt. Six. The issue was never in doubt of that game. Just throwing it out there. New new players, new teams. Let's break it down. <sighs> Is there a better team in college basketball than Duke right now from from the backcourt? I mean, we we talked about briefly briefly what could be the greatest backcourt in the ACC, which might be Angel Rodriguez and uh, McKellen. McClellan. So here's here's but my favorite is, analogy. Is my better? favorite analogy. You're on a pickup court. You're picking Matt Jones very quickly in your draft. <laughs> yeah, no, you see, that's... You're picking Matt uh, Jones. I can see you picking Grayson Allen. I think he's a top two, three pick right. in your, at the playground right. of ACC players. If we line all the ACC guards, I think he's a top three pick. I'm picking Marshall Because we know, who, we know who the top three are, and it's that's a consensus. Paige Brogdon and Allen are the top three guards yeah. in the league. Yeah. And you're going to go with Matt Jones oh. soon after that. That, I'm just talking you through your statement. Core. I'm you're just right. talking you through a statement right. you just made. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, th- there's something about the way he shoots the ball too, where he has to actually load it up and actually kind of put his elbow directly in line with the basket. That that kind of hesitation always makes me uh, a little leery. Also, on the defensive end, he's a huge liability, um, which I think Utah should be able to exploit. They have a terrific backcourt um, at, in Utah. Uh, I, I like Utah to cover here, though. I, I think that. Utah has been playing well as of late. I think that they they played Miami. I think the Miami game was a wake up game for them. I think that they're they're recommitting to on the defensive front. I think that they have one of the best zones in the country. Um, I, I like Utah to cover. All right. What do you think about their game against Wichita State? Because I think Wichita State is awful. N- yeah, I I am not on board with this Wichita State team. What do you think about all? the fact that Utah allows teams to shoot? Uh, the three-point shot at a one of the worst rates defensively in NCAA. That's not good. Apparently. Yeah, it's not well, good. I think I think that's a pretty. I mean, talk about know, Matt Jones. Pretty good matchup for Duke. That's right. In that case, but. I mean, I feel like the Utah defense is eerily similar to the Indiana defense when you look at just pure metrics. And you're taking Utah. That's okay, not, taking, that's that's not that's not a compliment. Utah. That's not a compliment. That's not a compliment. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking Utah. I, I like them in the paint. I th- I think they beat beat up Duke a little bit. Um, I I like uh, Jacob Pertle. <laughs> Jakob, Jakob. You know, I've just never been good with pronunciations, but yeah, no. Really? I, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Kuzma, this, I, Utah just really recruits very well internationally. Uh, Kuzma, is that right? He, sure. Who knows? Anyways. Um, He's but, from Flint, Michigan. Calm yeah. down, okay? <laughs> All right, we know Mike likes Utah. Guthrie, it seems like you're going for Duke here. Duke, Duke wins in a blowout. Taylor? Yeah, I'll take Duke. As much as I hate to do it, I think Utah doesn't have the horses to... To keep up with Duke. Oh, they're going to beat him up inside. I'm going with Duke, so I'm, I've picked three favorites now. Don't hate me. All right. I'm sticking with Utah. It's a lot of points to give. They still have nine. to cover. It's a lot of points to give. It's a similar but... line to the Indiana game, too, if you remember that. That was a, a plus 10 Indiana right. game. Like Every little yeah. ounce of gambling DNA I have in me is telling me this is a terrible idea right. to pick right. three Right. Now, Non-dogs. It, now mm-hmm. you said that that UNC game was a stay away for you. For me, the Duke well, game. No, the is UVA, more even, the UVA, UVA game. For me, for me the, this Duke Utah game is even more of a stay away because the line is so high and it's a neutral I, court. I don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. to get it's neutral court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't feel comfortable. Let me now, Taylor. You and I both used to live in New York City. This game is at noon in Madison Square. Garden. No, it's in the Barclays. 
Oh, it's a, no, this is, this is at MSG. MSG. It's oh, in right. MSG. The other, the other, the other one, it's yeah. at noon. I mean, who covers a noon game in MSG? No one. Beat no reporters. One does. They're called beat <laughs> yeah, reporters. Yeah, beat reporters. That's yeah. right. You and I were in a were yes. in MSG for a fantastic cover by Duke. Uh, it was at a three at the buzzer of like it was like a thirteen point spread probably four or five years ago. Um, we'll we'll look it up. We'll play it back on tape. It was it was one of the worst gambling losses of my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> now Duke's a team that travels well in New York. Oh it yeah, does. they have and certainly I mean, much better than Utah. I can't imagine there's a lot of Utah alums tremendous out there. Yeah. alumni support. Yeah, Duke. when yeah. you get so when, when you get back to New York, mm-hmm. you, you certainly take the train or or the car, not the plane, because right. I recently learned that you have an affinity for drinking on airplanes. <laughs> That's true. Everything tastes better at thirty thousand feet. That is that is a fact. Oh, we're gonna have that, to get into you only, episode you only seven. Drink, you only drink while you're high. Champagne on airplanes. We're gonna have a feature on Mike's drinking on airplanes yeah it, i tell it's you a fascinating subject it it is it is the way to travel um <laughs> it's a whole strategy unto itself it really is it really is one, one day i'll even get into my uh, i guess it was jeremy shap uh story that uh the very first time i flew to vegas for march madness but that'll come closer to when i actually fly to vegas for march madness here in about three months well if i can't affordably get to the wherever Virginia lands in the NCAA tournament, covering them. If I'm not going to make a profit, I'm probably going to go to Vegas with you okay. first weekend. I'm into that. I'm so, into that. Well, I can't tuned. wait. If you're going to New York, you should take the Amtrak. There's a bar car. Uh, they now sell Dogfish Head. It's great. <laughs> That's my recommendation. But do they sell three-notched? Leave your mark. <laughs> yeah. We're working on that. Yeah, we're, we are yeah, working yeah. on it. I gotta, my branding is going to get soon. a little better. <laughs> three-notched much better than Dogfish Head. That's right, right now. After the last stout I just had. I'm going to lie, that was that was very good. Yeah, very unique. Do we have any other games? Uh, let's talk about South Carolina Clemson, big in-state rivalry game. Clemson will be favored by one point against South Carolina. That is, I'm so glad you brought this game up. South Carolina. Really? Are eight? you really glad? I'm serious. Really, South Carolina. Really Carolina's, glad we're talking about this game. South, South Carolina is a good team. This is going to be. A they're good going to get into the top. They're going to replace your beloved Gonzaga Bulldogs in the top 25 this week. There Who is no, the best true. team that South Carolina has played? Ooh, Answer me that. There, there is no good off team the, off the top of your the head. The best team that they will have played will be this, Cle- this Clemson team, oh, which yeah. they're going to lose to. Clemson's going to give them the business. That, that is my they, lock of the week, right there. They played Tulsa on a new neutral court um and they in the virgin islands i believe and they won by eight points that, that's the best okay. on paper mike likes clemson death yeah. rate likes i don't know clemson pretty much a pick them taylor likes oh you know i think we're gonna i think i'm gonna have to go with uh south carolina in this one i'll take one. south carolina the first pick i've gone against the acc thus far next game charleston miami let's go through this really quickly because it's a it's a large line. Oh, it's a huge line. Um, look, Charleston and again. S- stay away, everybody. You, you can't bet on lines this. over fifteen points. They're going to be <laughs> like 16, yeah. 17 point favorites. I'll just you give you a, co- a couple hot takes. Obviously, you can't you can't bet on anything with double digit points. I don't think. I think it's just a fool's errand. But um, Charleston is a powerful CAA team. Recently, coming off a victory over LSU. Well, we don't need a breakdown of Charleston. Right hey, now. no, I tell you, they. Well, do you know? Please give me a breakdown of Charleston. Barry, whatever Barry it is, the guy that shoots underhand free throws, um, his son is actually a senior there and shoots underhand free throws. 
How's that for a little nugget? Congratulations. That's it. How's that for insightful? So, <laughs> so it's Miami no, imagine, versus underhand free throws. Yeah, and, and they're 16 Exactly. Point a man that shoots underhand free oh. throws is going to be guarding Sheldon McCullen. So I would take the points. I, I like Miami here. Okay. <laughs> but I do like the CAA this year. I'm going to keep getting that in there. I think they're a good conference. I'll take Miami to cover. But I would never bet on this game. Yeah. No. Yeah. Or I, advise I, anyone to. I'm staying away from this game. Yeah. NC State's. <laughs> my favorite team, as you probably become accustomed to thus far, if you've been listening to the podcast, I was on their set from day one. And Missouri, <laughs> three-point favorites. Quickly. We don't have time. Hot takes, Taylor. Give it to no, me. No, just tell me your pick. NC State. NC State. Ooh, Missouri, it's at home. They're going to blow the roof yeah, off. Yeah, like Missouri. Come on. Uh, yeah. I'm standing with my narrative. Butler-Purdue, we can actually talk about this one for a little bit. Yeah. Because it's a good game. It's a great game. Purdue, I mean, one of the best teams But it's in the not an ACC right game. No. Um, no, but we enjoy good time. basketball wherever it's played. Yeah. Okay, we, we finished yeah. all the yeah. ACC lines, and well, now we're going to some non-conference. I guess, we, I guess we did talk about Indiana and Notre Dame, right? I, we, we touched Take, on no, it. We didn't. No, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. Okay, let's go back there. We, we brought it up, but... Yeah, go I, for it. Go for it. Well, so... That's our lock of the week. Notre Dame's it, a one-point I mean, favorite week. against yeah, Indiana. Yeah, that that is actually that's my lock of the week for sure. It would be yeah, mine too. Yeah, I consensus I, taking Notre Dame. Taking Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Yes. They love Notre Dame. Are gonna this love is, Notre Dame. Yeah. Indiana. Love Notre Dame. This is the line where they make all their money. This is what. This is how they built the Venetian. <laughs> <laughs> right? There is no so, way in hell Notre Dame wins this game. There's really? No way. Really? Yeah. So I will say whatever whatever the total points is, you should take the over because right. this is going to be up and down. They're going to put the over so high. This and is a you, classic. You gotta take the this over. is a classic. Uh, <laughs> put the over so high. You want to take the under. Well, I mean, okay. Of I mean, course, it depends. It depends. It, it depends what, what right. it's going to be. If it's going to be like, if it's going to be like two hundred, you might have to think about it. It's going to be like one fifty. Yogi Ferrell or Demetrius Jackson? Ooh, who's taller? Yeah. Demetrius oh, Jackson. Demetrius question. Jackson. Yogi Ferrell's like what five? Yeah, ten, five eleven. Yeah, I think Jackson he's might be five ten or five eleven. Right. So, so he's actually like five eight. Right, five eight without shoes. I mean, that's why I asked the question. So nobody's nobody's really what they're listed. Right, right. Are are you looking? I'm just saying. Who do you think has a more pompous athletics department to uh, inflate <laughs> the height inflate of their players? <laughs> oh, probably Indiana. Okay, but right. I still think he's probably taller. Okay, Demetrius Jackson. Right. So it's, we can agree that it's strength against strength, or not strength against strength. Excuse me. It's just offense against offense. You know, yeah. this is a. This it's, is a, sh- a shooter's battle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's at a somewhat neutral court. It's in Indianapolis. Guthrie, Taylor, and myself love Notre Dame here. We're locking it up. Mm-hmm. Mike Jaffe, our Vegas insider, is going against this one That's because right. he senses a disturbance in the force. There is a disturbance in the force. I can yeah, feel it. Tom Crean's here. <laughs> you know, I feel like Yoda walking down that little thing. I just got like a little wobbly knee. Like, oh, a planet has been destroyed. The fact <laughs> that you're making a Star Wars reference <laughs> telling me to bet on Indiana when just a few minutes ago you told me that you liked the prequels makes me even more <laughs> confident that Notre Dame is going to cover in All this right. game. There's, more there's actually no doubt in my mind. This is Guthrie's lock of the week. This is my lock of the week. I don't know if it's Taylor's. I can't speak for him, but no, I'll have a, I'll have a better lock. Okay, you've got a better one. But Notre Dame. Yeah. <laughs> and, Diversify. And for the record, mine is still Clemson uh, against South Carolina. I really Clemson like Clemson in that game. Getting a point, correct? Yes, that's correct. correct. Okay. No, oh, they're one point favorites, I believe. As we finish off episode six, gentlemen, 
games to watch outside the Atlantic Coast Conference for the public. This upcoming Saturday, Baylor versus Texas A&M at College Station. Uh, I think you're going to get Baylor uh, giving a point or possibly getting a point against Texas A&M. Regardless, I like Baylor in this game. Take them, bet them. Uh, they're okay, the your pick. time's up. It's a great game up. to watch. All right, next game, Saturday. Cincinnati is traveling to the Siegel Center in Richmond, Virginia, playing the VCU Rams. Great venue to watch a game. Yeah, and it should be fun. I like VCU. Uh, what did we say the spread was for this game? I, I can't remember, but I think it's it was... It's minus seven, Purdue. So we're talking about VCU since Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, so, sorry. Don't minus one. That, minus don't one. My thunder. That's I know my you're game. excited about That's Purdue. <laughs> I was. I was. You know, my loins get going when you start talking. Mine too, man. He loves middle America. So I do, no, I do minus, like. Minus one Cincinnati. Yeah, I do. I do like VCU. i taking VCU here. All right. Uh, my game is on Saturday as well at 5 p.m. Butler and Purdue. Butler right now 18. Purdue right now 11. That's going to change tomorrow because we are taping this on a Sunday. I like Purdue if they're going to be giving about seven. That's probably my threshold on this one. Neutral site game in Indy. Mike, finish this off. All right, I'm going Princeton, Maryland. Got to give a shout-out to the alma mater. Uh, Princeton is not the team that you remember them as. They're, they're not uh, the team that's backdooring UCLA to death. This is a faster, uh, more up-paced uh, squad. I actually like them to cover against Maryland. Should be about an 11-point line in College Park. Like this game. And I think that's a wrap. Nice job, once again. Yeah, that's right. Well done. Enjoy the week of college basketball, folks. Follow us on Twitter. We are at ACCBBallDGens. That's uh, at ACCBBALLDEGENS on Twitter. And you can email us um, at ACCBBallDGens at gmail.com. Or you can just tweet at us. And you should certainly be subscribed by now if you're listening to this and refer a friend, refer your mother or father. It's Christmas time. You're going to be seeing family. Makes a great gift. So please refer them so we can keep this operation afloat. But we're not afloat. I think we're thriving. Are we thriving yet? We're almost thriving. We are. We're trending. Okay. We are unsinkable, just like the Titanic. Once again, (laughs) thank you for listening, everybody. This wouldn't be possible without you. And a big thanks to Three Notched Brewery. That's Three Notched apostrophe D. Brewery, leave your mark. Go check them out if you're in Seville anytime soon for some good beer. Proud sponsor of the ACC Basketball Degenerates Podcast. We'll see you next week, folks.